this, this question comes from Hannah. Can a narcissist ever really heal? Are they aware of what they're doing? And is it a deep-seated character issue or is it just a bad pattern of behavior? Good questions. Generally speaking, um, we say that people with narcissistic personality disorder cannot heal. Somebody who has pronounced narcissistic traits, they're basically a little bit immature emotionally, they're a bit exploitative, they're a little bit entitled. As they grow up and as they experience more of life, they can change and they can emotionally mature. But somebody with pronounced narcissistic traits versus somebody with narcissistic personality disorder, it's not even in the same ballpark, it's not even in the same country, it's not even on the same planet. Somebody who has full-blown narcissistic personality disorder um, is pretty much considered incurable for some good reasons. What's the difference between pronounced narcissistic traits and full-blown narcissistic personality disorder? Well, strictly speaking, for it to be full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, um, they would have to tick the boxes of five or more of the nine traits of NPD. These nine traits are things like entitlement, um, exploitativeness, uh, extremely arrogant or haughty demeanor, being in love with their own self-image and guarding that ferociously and aggressively, a false self-image, um, being envious of others, this kind of thing. Um, so if they have five or more, then a clinician, a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist is likely to diagnose them as having full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. Why is this not curable? Okay, so there are two things here. Uh, you asked the question, Anna, um, is it just a bad pattern of behavior or is it a deep-seated character flaw? Uh, it's an interesting question to ask because this is something that researchers, um, academics, uh, clinicians in the field are asking to this day because narcissistic personality disorder doesn't really function the way that most personality disorders do. Some people, um, people like Gary Klein, for example, counselor Gary Klein, who's, who's up on NPD and borderline personality disorder, says it's not really a personality disorder because it's just a series of defense mechanisms. So it's not, don't create a dichotomy whether to, to ask the question, well, it's either just a series of defense mechanisms or it's a deep-seated character flaw. It's a series of defense mechanisms that basically replaces the character so there is no personality left. There are only the defense mechanisms and the defense mechanisms include a false self. So it's like a personality disorder with no personality. There's no personality there. There's just the game. There's just the matrix. There's just the illusion, this, this, um, this structure of strategies of defense mechanisms that are always in operation. In order for a personality disorder to be a personality disorder, it needs to be permanent, pervasive, and personal. And usually what I say to people when they ask me questions like this is, look, if you suspect that the person has NPD, and it's not that hard to tell, if somebody shows up with a narcissistic trait, they will at some point also show um, compassion and insight and humility, the capacity to change and the capacity to feel remorse. If you have never seen genuine insight, self-reflection, capacity for compassion, capacity for remorse, capacity for vulnerability, or a capacity for change, then it's highly likely you're talking about somebody with MPD. And what I say to people is, abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Because people who tend to end up with um, partners who have NPD, 
uh, tend to be quite giving people. They tend to be empathic people and they are what is called codependent enablers. Um, it all gets a bit confusing because the narcissist is also codependent. We also tend to say that codependent enablers come from a family background that caused them to develop emotional flashbacks in the form of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So then people try and create another dichotomy and they go, here's the predator over here, the narcissist, and here's the prey over here, which is the empath or the enabler or the codependent or the person with CPTSD. And what throws a big spanner in the works is, well, actually the narcissist is also a codependent because their sense of self is derived from others. They really don't have a self per se. They don't have an ego that functions with a boundary per se. And then people go, no, that's crazy. They have a huge ego. In the layman's usage of the word ego, yes, but in the psychoanalytic analytic definition of the word ego, no, it's a bombsite. There isn't an ego there. There's um, the, the, that thing, that machine that allows the person to sort of mediate between their, their vulnerability and their emotions and their hopes and their dreams and their fears and that which is inside in the outside world is fractured. It's, it, it doesn't function very well, which is why what happens on, on the other side of, of that coin is that you'll find yourself in a relationship with an MPD and you become part of their world. Um, and to that extent, they kind of function as like a very aggressive introvert and they force you to be what they need you to be within that world. Um, and this is called, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough video, this. Uh, this is called projective identification. So if I'm the narcissist and I'm talking to you, you are not you in my perception. You are what I need you to be or what I tell you you are in my perception. You become a sock puppet or a prop or an emotional dildo for me to masturbate the ego with. Not that I would need a dildo to masturbate my ego. But you see what I'm saying? So you're no longer a person. You become, in the George Orwell 1984 sense, an unperson. They unperson you. Your personal history, your likes, your needs, your wants, your hopes, your dreams, your vulnerabilities, your emotions, they don't mean anything because you're just a prop on the stage of my play. And so I can only see you through this kind of weird, opaque lens where there are bits of you, the real you are there, but primarily uh, the only parts of you that I will see are those parts of you that make me look good and make me feel good and feed into how awesome I am. And if you ever infringe on my awesomeness, then I'm going to come after you and I'm going to punish you. If you infringe on my awesomeness or if you challenge me, that's called narcissistic injury. When I move to punish you and my punishment is disproportionate to your crimes, uh, such as they were, such as they were not, they were never crimes. It is not a crime to challenge another human being for acting like a dickhead. Um, and my rage is disproportionate. My punishment is disproportionate. That's called narcissistic rage. Let's get back to why this isn't curable. Well, personality disorders can be ameliorated, but this doesn't really function as a personality disorder. This functions as a series of defense mechanisms, as I said earlier. You go back to the question, why would the narcissistic personality give up these defense mechanisms that have allowed them to survive their entire lives? Why would I, as the narcissistic personality, submit to the process of therapy and permit the therapist or the coach or the counselor shh, to adopt a position of authority over me, which I can't do. Narcissists cannot do horizontal relationships where we are 
good socialist comrades and everybody is equal. This is not acceptable. Everything has to be vertical. I have to be above you. And if you're a coach or a therapist and, or, or a teacher and you're going to try and teach me to overcome my ego, as much as I might tell you I want that and pretend that I want it or even tell myself that I want it, when that person gets into a position of authority, I become triggered into my emotional flashback of fight and fawn and I'll go into a narcissistic rage and I'll attack you and I'll attack the process and I'll destroy the whole thing rather than feel that vulnerability. So wh why would I? do it the, the simple answer is i wouldn't so we're talking about a series of defense mechanisms since childhood what kind of a childhood produces this a highly traumatic one usually when the narcissistic personality is formed that is formed between two polarities two poles um so you might have one parent being extremely abusive and or neglectful and then the other parent compensating for the abuse of the other parent by spoiling the child and giving them too much because they feel sorry for them so they have abuse and hatred, non-love, and then overcompensatory, guilt-ridden, sugar-sweet, spoiling love. Both of these things are extremely damaging for a child and they damage the sense of self and they, they form a schism in the uh, narcissist mind, a break, a traumatic break with reality. So if the narcissist, the narcissist is then stuck. There is no self, there's no me, I'm never loved for being me. I'm an object and I'm stuck between abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse or total neglect and being upheld as something wonderful. In one reality, I'm neurotically described as a worthless piece of shit, which is not true because I'm just a child. So I, I'm not that. I am a human being, a small human and a child. And in the other reality, I'm neurotically upheld as something better than everybody else and more wonderful and the best thing in the world. Well, I'm also not that because I'm just a small human. I'm just a child. So the, the neurotic training and brainwashing into this thing starts very early. So I then, the bad polarity is on the side, abuse is over here, and the, the good, in inverted commas, the sugar sweet spoilingness is over here. I then function as a personality for the rest of my life running from pain, the, the abandonment and the abuse, which is my total annihilation. So the constant uh, anger and restlessness and anxiety and discomfort in their own skin that you feel from the narcissistic personality, that's them running from their abandonment anxiety, it's called. Abandonment anxiety is a little bit too tame a term. It should be called annihilation terror. They're not like, oh, I'm a bit anxious that people will abandon me. Yeah, they do get abandonment anxiety, but it's really an absolute raging, jump out your skin, existential angst, a terror, a deep terror of the void of self-annihilation. That's what drives them. That's over there. So they're constantly moving towards being spoiled because somebody spoiled them. Either a parent, if you had two polarities, either one parent was abusive and the other was spoiling, or you had two parents who were abusive and or neglectful, maybe a, an abusive parent and the other parent just checked out turned to drugs and alcohol and just abandoned the child emotionally, but not physically, for example. And then you have an institution that spoils the child, the military, the performing arts, the academic world, um, sport, uh, you know, these kinds of things. And they're a superstar in that world. They're then addicted to the sugar. They're addicted to the sickly sweet veneration um, so they don't relate to people as equals. They can only relate to people who admire and venerate them and stick them on a pedestal. So 
with that, when, when you understand that, the mechanics of the structure of what forms of narcissistic personality disorder, you can see why therapy really isn't going to be on the cards. Why would I, as the narcissist, let somebody into my personal space ever again when I was abused before? When I discussed this with um, uh, Sam Batman, he said you, you can really see the uh, policy of the narcissistic personality disorder, the 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 motto, I nearly said logo, the motto of the narcissistic personality disorder is never again, never again. Meaning if I was abused or ignored or bullied before, I will never be the victim ever again. I will victimize till my dying day just to make sure I'm never in that position of being the victim ever again. Um, the uh, second thing that makes uh, it very hard to ameliorate the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder is they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think that's the correct way to be. Their deeply held core values and core beliefs are, this is fine. I am superior to everybody else. I am better than everybody else. And here's the evidence I hold in my fractured view of reality that I cling on to that proves it. This is my golden ticket that lets me step on other people's faces to get ahead in life. There's nothing wrong with me. So why would I submit to, to a therapeutic process that's based on the um, subtle implication, there's something wrong with me and I need to change in order to get better. No, I'm best. There is no better, I'm best. Well, the therapist might be able to help you. No, the therapist doesn't know more than I do. When narcissists go to therapy, that's usually what they'll say. They say the, the therapist doesn't know any more than I do. This often isn't helped by some therapists who aren't very good at what they're actually doing. Okay, so that's the end of that video. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon.